Of course, growing into our God-given identities, becoming the people we were created to be, doesn't happen in isolation. Even a little acorn doesn't become a mighty oak tree on its own. As we learned at the start of our walk, trees grow and interact in community. Forests of trees teach us that God has created a world where all living things grow in community. We need each other to become who we are meant to be. Going back to Bridget, we discover the practice of Anamkara, which means soul friend in Gaelic. Anamkara was central to the spirituality of early Celtic Christians. Of course, the idea of soul-nurturing friendship is as old as Ruth and Naomi and so many other biblical stories of intentional deep friendship. But in Ireland, it is first written about in association with Bridget. In Kildare, which to remind you means Church of the Oak, Bridget founded a community that was committed to soul care through Anam Kara. She devoted herself to the care and orderly direction of souls. Practicing what she preached, Bridget had her own soul friend, Bishop Conleth, with whom she co-led the co-ed community at Kildare. And Bridget was a soul friend to many people who sought out her wisdom and spiritual direction. One of Bridget's biographies shows us just how important Bridget thought Anam Kara was to the life of following Jesus. A young cleric came to visit Bridget, someone that she knew, and they sat down to eat dinner. The young man had just started eating when Bridget stopped him suddenly and asked, Do you have a soul friend? I do, the man replied. We need to sing his requiem, Bridget said. As they had been eating, Bridget had had a vision that this man's soul friend had just passed away. She told the man, Let's stop what we're doing. Don't eat another bite until you go and find a new soul friend. Anyone without a soul friend is like a body without a head. Anyone without a soul friend is like a body without a head. Without a soul friend, we can't function the way we ought to. We can't live to our full potential. We need this sort of soul-tending friendship to grow into who we are meant to be, to become who God intended each of us to be. So what might Anam Kara look like today? Let's hear a few stories of friends from the Celtic way who have experienced the profound effects of walking with their soul friends. We'll first hear a familiar voice, our other guide, Orlando Crespo, followed by Sarah Schilling, who is InterVarsity Link staff in France. Luis Alvarez and I have been spiritual friends for a very long time. We first met when I became his InterVarsity campus minister at Hunter College 33 years ago. Luis was one of my wise and competent young leaders who was able to go back to his Spanish church and bring what he'd learned into fruitful leadership there. He was bold enough to say yes to my recommendation that he be a student panelist up in front of 17,000 people at an Urbana Student Missions Conference in the 90s. And courageous enough to take my suggestions for certain steps in his dating relationships. No longer doing life together on the same campus, 
we've remained in contact through phone calls, biking, and attending a pastor's support group together. Just as I was present with Lewis in his early spiritual development, he was there in deep moments of crisis in my own life. When my oldest son almost died the same year my father and my best friend died, I experienced a crisis of faith like nothing I had ever faced. Lewis was there to encourage me and pray for me. And what became the most critical factor in me holding on to faith, he invited me to be a part of a Latino minister's support group called the Latino Leadership Circle. There, I finally learned how to grieve my father and my best friend's death. For many years, our journeys were interconnected through this vital support group that provided both of us with the spiritual and emotional guidance we needed. We continue to remain close spiritual friends as we fellowship with our families and do ministry together. We even pursued further theological study together and received the same seminary degree. If anyone has traveled with me in my ministry journey in all its ups and downs, it has been Luis. Compadre in Spanish is a term of deep reverence and friendship between men. Luis and I have made each other stronger in our faith, more dedicated in our call to mission, and more joyful in our love for God. And for that reason, Luis Alvarez is and will always be mi compadre y fiel amigo en Cristo. she quickly became the first person I could call a soul sister. In the six years prior, I'd slid into a pit of depression as what I dreamed for my life came crashing down around me. I'd expected to be healthy in my late 20s, rather than suffering from debilitating chronic pain and illness. I'd expected the engagement ring I picked out to be slid on my finger, rather than the relationship turning toxic. I'd expected to become an entrepreneur, the kind who makes it onto those 30 under 30 lists, instead of being hamstrung by student and business debt. I'd expected to live in a big city, perhaps with roommates, sure, but at least not back in my childhood bedroom with my parents in the suburbs. And yet there I was, sick, single, broke, completely lost. And with every dashed hope of who I thought I'd be by then, or become one day, my heart became more and more entangled in a kind of spiritual barbed wire. I was a mess, but somehow I clung to the tiniest shred of belief that God would have to come through. And if God didn't, then... 
Well, then I didn't know how I would keep living at all. And that's the rough terrain where God chose to plant something new in me and in Renee as we found ourselves back in the same Midwestern town where we'd both grown up, but 20 years apart. In fact, not long into our friendship, we used to joke that I was like Mary, not a teenager, but newly pregnant with Jesus, a new thing God was doing. And she was like Elizabeth, older and pregnant with John, who would make straight the way for Jesus. We didn't know it at first, but we were both on similar journeys. She trusted hers would someday take her back to France, where she'd lived earlier in life. And though I didn't know what this new thing would be for me, Renee fiercely contended with God for what it would take for me to figure it out. It's like her soul recognized something of her own calling within mine, and vice versa. Our friendship mostly consisted of eating, chatting, and then getting down to work praying for each other. She had a way of communicating with God in prayer that I found intriguing, since I wasn't used to listening to God like that, and I was eager to practice. We did so weekly, sometimes more often, for nearly four years. I did the math once, and it's entirely possible we spent upwards of 300 hours together in prayer. Those were not easy hours. When I say Renee fiercely contended for my future, I mean fiercely. And I for hers. With all the barbed wire wrapped around my heart, and all the waiting she'd been doing for God to open the door back to France for her, we were quite the pair in prayer. Bit by bit, by agonizing bit, Renee joined me as I wrestled with God, with the lies I'd believed about who I was, with the false hopes of who I thought I was supposed to be. And week by week, she'd help peel away a layer of barbed wire as I repented of one thing after another, one or both of us crying, and we'd invite the Holy Spirit to replace all the lies and broken dreams with truth and hope. And then, God did just that. God invited me to new dreams, bigger dreams than what I would have imagined for myself. In Paris, France, of all places. A place I'd only spent two days on a whirlwind high school trip through Europe. A place Renee, my sole sister, had lived more than a decade prior, thus knitting our stories together further. It took a while before both of us were actually living on French soil, Renee in the south and me about six months later in the north. And with those big moves, our season of intense soul friendship came to a close. It was a season that was critical to me becoming ready to receive God's invitation to dream again, with him, for my future. And it soon became clear that God had other things in store for us separately, things that would grow better in new soil for each of us. Renee has a new prayer partner where she lives. As for me, with a vision for soul friendship deeply instilled in me, I now have prayer partners on both sides of the Atlantic. Over in the U.S., there are two Marys, if you will, to whom I am now the Elizabeth. We pray together via Zoom every two weeks or so, and they both speak truth to me as much as I do them. Journeying with those two younger women 
shows me just how far I've come because of all God did through my friendship with Renee. I also have a pair of prayerful friends here in Paris. They help me pull out the remaining bits of barbed wire that began to stick out more prominently once I stepped into another culture. I'd spent the majority of my life immersed in American ambition, urgency, and perfectionism, and my French friends don't praise that drive the way fellow Christians do in the U.S. Instead, with their French-grown faith, they exhort me to a gentler way of living. More recently, too, we've helped each other hold on tight to God's promises for each of us while the entire world was turned upside down. And I do want to hold on to what God has created and called me to do over here. Sometimes that's even involved praying for others alongside Renee at Christian conferences here in Europe. In my friendships, both new and old, there's plenty of shared pain and grit, but we press into it for the sake of love, believing and contending for the best God has for each of us. Maybe it's because I'm an extrovert, or maybe it's because I come from a communal culture. But my top three most meaningful spiritual disciplines all involve other people. I didn't know I was already practicing Anam Kara. My most important spiritual discipline has been praying every morning for two minutes with my husband. For over 20 years now, we wake up, hold each other, and ask God to give the other a great day and then finish together with the Lord's Prayer. It's amazing how God has used two measly minutes of prayer every morning to transform our marriage. My second most important discipline has been meeting bi-weekly with my women's prayer group. Since 2004, we've been a Nam Kara to one another through mental illness, through kid problems, marriage problems, infidelity, disease, and even death. We have been Jesus' hands and feet to one another. We've exposed our souls to each other, and we've pointed each other to who God has made us each to be. My third most important discipline has been meeting with a spiritual director monthly. This appointment gives me the chance to focus on what's really going on in my soul and to hear God's invitation through the listening ears of a discerning guide. This discipline has been so helpful to me that I actually trained to become a spiritual director myself. I do pray alone. I really enjoy silent three-day retreats. I even have some introverted practices. But I hear God best in and through relationship with others. Time and time again, these relationships help me come out of shame and into God's truth, healing, and grace. There's no best way to go about soul friendship. You might meet in person or virtually, occasionally or frequently. And like the young cleric, your soul friend may change over time for a variety of reasons. No matter what, these friendships point us to a deeper relationship with Jesus, the ultimate 
Anamkara. Now that you've heard a few examples of how Anamkara can be lived out, take a moment to see what God may want you to know about soul friendship in your own life. If you have someone you consider a soul friend, you might simply spend the next few moments in gratitude for them. Or perhaps listen instead for God's invitation to new healing he wants to bring to either of you. If you don't yet have a soul friend journeying with you, maybe God is inviting you to consider this practice. Is there a consistent friend with whom you could more intentionally share your walk with God? Or is there an opportunity for something more formal, perhaps with a spiritual director or pastoral counselor? Take some time to pray about this now. Thank you.